tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz Is that you in the begin! Hello and welcome to UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado and I'm here with my lovely co-host, as always, Mr. George Aramosa and Mr. Jay Tan. No, it is you that is lovely. Yeah, we're kind of a couple of ugly schmugs here. George, thank you. So you're, you're, you guys as a, as a couple are really the lovely ones. Oh, it's you. You, you caught me staring at you. No, like I did in the, in the trailer. I was like, why is he staring at me? Is there something on my head? <laughs> um, anyway, guys, we are here with two special guests today. Mr. Johnny Robles and Mr. Altair Allen Carr. Was that good? Yeah. Right on. These two guys are RFA fighters. Uh, RFA, as you know, is a feeder system directly to the UFC. 32 guys. From RFA have gone directly to the UFC, so that's the journey for these guys in the near future. Um, they fought guys on, in the past, like uh, Alan Joban, Christos Yagos, Christos, our guy Brian uh, T City Ortega. Yep, guys we've had on this show. Those are the ones we've had on the show. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, twenty eight to go now, right? Yes, yeah. yes, twenty eight to go. Uh, these are two that are going to be future UFC stars. Uh, we're catching them on the cusp of that, mm-hmm. and they had great fights on Friday night. We'll talk about that later, and as well as your career. But first, we have to break down some extremely exciting fights. UFC yeah. 181 delivered. Packed show, right? Oh my god. I mean, anytime you have two title fights on one on one card, you know it's going to be a big night. But these fights delivered. We had uh, Lawler versus Hendricks 2, mm-hmm. which was super exciting. And we had Anthony Pettis versus Gilbert Melendez. Yep, one of the two culminations for this Ultimate Fighter 20 that we've been covering. Yes. Past, what, two and a half months? Two and a half, three months? Yeah, that we'll yeah. be wrapping up next week. Yeah. Both uh, both matches, a whole lot to talk about uh, with those. And as well as a really exciting undercard that, you know, had some, uh, you had, you had some strong flash finishes, Plenty of stuff, but but uh, several rounds as well. You know, people got uh, got their action in. This is probably I I'd, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm this is certainly a top contender for show of the year. I would think. Yeah, we say that a lot, but this really is one of them. And this, um, you know, if nothing else, the UFC is ending the year on a really strong note with a bang. Definitely, yeah. the next couple cards are just outstanding. George, what did you think? Was there some controversy with the decisions? I don't think so. You, I mean, I know, like I know some people disagree with some of the main event, but I, I scored it the way that it should have been scored. Although there was one, we'll go into it a little bit later, of course, but there was that second round, I would not have given it to Lawler, but again. Well, let's run right. through the he, results. I mean, let's anyway run through the results, and then point, we'll, we'll get the couch's <laughs> opinion as well. Mm-hmm. At the bottom of the main card, we had uh, Tony Ferguson, who is a 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, ultimate also fighter. Ultimate mm-hmm. Fighter 13 winner, uh, versus Abel... Abel. Tr- Abel. Is it Abel? Abel. Trujillo? Trujillo. Trujillo. I was like, I wish he was a heavyweight so he can go up against Cain Velasquez. Wait for it. Oh! Cain uh, <laughs> versus Abel. I get it. I get it. Is he? Is Abel a black zillion? They said out of Boca Raton, Florida, so I assume black zillion since he was an American top team. Um, the last I heard he was. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Uh, we definitely saw that. He was tough, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Tony won rear naked choke in round two. Mm-hmm. You have Black Zillion versus Tenth Planet. That's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> did you guys watch all the fights or? Sure did. Sure did. He yes. got it yeah. done again. You know, Tony's uh, he's tough and seems to. Uh, you know, deliver every time. Do you guys know another. him from being SoCal locals? Have you trained with him or not yet? No, not necessarily know him, but you know, it's a small, small community, especially in in Southern California. Definitely, so you have your eye on people. Yeah, he's he's exciting to watch. I always mm-hmm. love Tony Ferguson because um, he's one of those guys that not only has extremely high level jujitsu in a ground game, but his stand ups awesome and yeah. he's really aggressive. So I love watching him. Yeah. Next, we had a, a comeback kid, Todd Duffy who was in the UFC two years ago. He took a two-year leave. He had a bunch of injuries and other issues, Mm -hmm. and now he's back uh, with a bang against Anthony Hamilton. Uh, Todd Duffy won via KO in round one. Yep, 33 seconds. I I remember if ever you watch, I think it's UFC. I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to cheat. UFC, I want to say 102. Uh-huh. Look it up. Todd Duffy versus Tim Haig. Yeah. That fight was literally seven seconds long. Yeah. That one's yeah. your first homework assignment of the night. That one's worth looking so up. So I remember watching the fight yesterday. I won't uh-huh. take you too long either. And I'm watching Todd, du- Todd Duffy. I'm like, man, this fight's going a lot longer. Oh, wait, never mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got. He's exactly definitely known happened. to be a finisher. Johnny, yeah. you remember that KO? Yeah. Well, he's had a, a hype train behind him for a while, you know, especially yeah. him coming into the UFC. Right. Then he kind of, not disappeared, but, you know, he had his, his uh, little stumbles and, you know, he delivered the other night. He's back. Yeah. He's definitely back. That's a big boy and he hits hard. Mm-hmm. He has, what I was saying in the trailer, he has such a nice build for that weight class. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys, you know, maybe are shorter and heavier but he's lean and tall and mean. Yeah. And he has a nice reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have Travis Hoppa Brown versus Brendan Big Brown Shop. Why do they call him Big Brown? Do you guys know? No one knows? Mm. The story I. is out there. I have not looked it up or, or, or know the backstory. Maybe we I, don't want to know. I think <laughs> I think it has something to do with... Geez, I hope that's not the case. Just something to do with his uh, podcast, I believe. I think it came up, uh, one of the fans or listeners from his own podcast, Fighter and the Kid. Um, we'll I, have I think to tune in to find out. Yeah, some inside joke or Wikipedia something. Wikipedia is not telling me. Oh. Well, then uh, the story's not Wikipedia. out there. That means it can't be true if it's not on the internet. <laughs> You're right. Uh, okay, so Travis Brown won via TKO in round one. He does not lose that ability to knock mm-hmm. guys out. I mean, Travis Brown is someone that always delivers for me. Uh, I think they had about the same reach, so I don't think it was that. But I think he utilized his reach better than mm-hmm. Brandon Schaub. He uh, he used his reach better. It, it seems like he's using, uh, learning how to use it. As opposed to, uh, you know, eating a few to land a bunch like we saw in this, uh, uh, Hoppe's fight against Overeem previously or right. Bigfoot Silva. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because these two, uh, between the Duffy Hamilton match and Hoppe and, uh, and Big Brown back to back, Kind of looked, you know, in, in some ways similar matches. You mm-hmm. know, the Victor came out using their, uh, using their reach really well, you know, landed and, and got the win early. Yeah, something to speak about is Travis Brown was throwing Shaw around like a rag doll. Mm-hmm. Talk yeah, about looking well. at builds. I mean, you wouldn't think there was a, str- a huge strength difference, but he was—he had him in the clinch at one point. He was just throwing his head to the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. it really made Shaw look not the greatest. What did you think, the George? The name is slipping my mind. Edwin, um, Ronda's coach. Edmund. Edmund. Yeah. Edmund Tavardian. Yeah. So Travis Brown started training with him, mm-hmm. and he said it makes no, you know, no, no. He said it himself. This is his words. No disrespect to my previous coaches, but training with Edmund just kind of gives me a whole new visual on on fighting and yeah. just give him an extra, you know, boost on what he needed. So Edmund's coaching speaks volumes. Yeah. So I kind of want to see this Travis Brown maybe go up against Fabrice Verdun, who he lost to, on his last fight. So who knows? That's who knows, a possibility. You, know, you have the you, rankings in front coach. of you. I'm sure. 
Well, I mean, it's not accurate, but. <laughs> well, and for a big guy, Travis is such a uh, athlete. Yeah. You know, uh, basketball, collegiate basketball background, right? You know, I don't know it's necessarily his background, but I mean, you look at the way he moves. Mm-hmm. He doesn't move like big guys his size. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he moves like some of the smaller weight classes, and he's very athletic, very um, agile, and. You know, it, it's kind of cool to see a guy that big just move his body around and do yeah. some of the things he does. Yeah, it's not like watching your slug heavyweights, you know, roll on each other, hold each other. Travis Brown's very entertaining to watch, and that's coming from me. And, who, and paired up with his confidence, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, when he won the fight, they were like, how do you think? He's like, eh, this is what I do to people. What are you talking about? This is what I, I do. Mean, if, I don't think he's ready for the next title shot, but if they don't give the winner of Dos Santos versus Stipe Miocic... I think that's who should fight Travis Brown. Yeah. The winner of that should fight Travis Brown. Yeah. Okay. But they don't give uh, that person the, the Short of that, though, I don't know what else you'd do with Brown for a minute. Yeah. You know? He's ranked number three, I believe. I mean, mm-hmm. Dos Santos, I believe, is number one. Or yeah. number two. Two. Kane and Fabricio, the top two. So, right. Yeah. There really nothing else really makes sense. That so. weight class is kind of in like a holding spot right now until yeah. we see everything, uh, you know, mm-hmm. unfold with them. Maybe but Travis Brown versus Mark Hunt. Everybody's favorite, Mark Hunt. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> Most people say right. Uh, then we have Anthony Showtime Pettis versus Gilbert Melendez. This was hmm. the happy ending to a season uh, 20 of The Ultimate Fighter. They were the coaches of the 115 strawweight division of the ladies. I was excited for this. The season didn't really hype up their fight as much as it does the ladies' fights yeah. coming up next week. But nonetheless, um, the fight delivered and it gave us what we were expecting. What would you guys think? I agree. Not what I was yeah. expecting. Would you? I figured that they would go the distance. I thought this was going to be a, a drawn-out war going uh, going quite a while. Um, Especially Milanes, who's pretty much known for his cardio. The guy can just yeah. go and he can go fight. Go and, and go and, yeah. and go. So, so Pettis caught Melendez in a, a submission early in round two, mm-hmm. midway through. Um, the first round... A Gil, guillotine, no less. Yeah, 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 a guillotine. Um, which you would think that you know, Gil... Um, Gil is very familiar with uh, you know with catching and with uh, avoiding. They were, I mean saying, to say. they were saying here's a guy who trains with you know Roger Gracie. No, I'm sorry, Caesar Gracie. Caesar, yeah. Um, with the Diaz brothers, yep. with Jake Shields. Shields. So anybody yeah. who can submit Melendez, and I say it all the time, if you can do something that nobody else can do, that's pretty impressive. So for somebody to finish, not it's not the first time Melendez has lost, mm-hmm. but I think it's the first time he got finished. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. somebody like Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis is known for his taekwondo and his stand-up and his amazing kicks, but to finish a, a wrestler like Gilbert Melendez via guillotine of all things. Yeah. But you know, that said, Pettis also caught Ben Henderson out of nowhere yeah. with that ridiculous arm bar Very from uh, last year or earlier this year, I think. It was um, uh, August, I believe. Was, was it August? Okay, no. for the title? <clears throat> yeah, that, that was August of last yeah, year. Cause I was there. August of last year. Okay, I thought we and, missed it. This is August. <laughs> Um, I liked Gill's strategy in the first round. I gave him uh, yeah. the first one. You know, yeah. he was pressuring Pettis against the cage. Uh huh. Wasn't giving him any room for any kicks or you know, fancy spinning stuff off of the uh, off of the cage. Um, and and just grinded him. You know, yeah. Uh, good striking there and, uh, and and takedown pressure. But I think in that. Uh, in, in that strategy in the second round, he got caught. I think he was a little bit out of position. He kind of fell to his uh, to his knees there when he was shooting, and that's when Anthony saw the opening to uh, to grab the neck. That's what struck me as anyway. Right, it really, oh, it really yeah. surprised me with that strategy of coming out like that and grinding and putting him against a cage and trying to yeah. take him down. Mm-hmm. I really thought they were going to strike more. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Really? Mel- yes, because like you've seen Melendez fight um, Sanchez. Yeah, you saw that yeah, fight. of course. True. So at yeah. some point, I really thought they were going to strike. I think a lot of that. I mean, I agree with you, but I think a lot of it was Diego just kind of with his style. Oh yeah. And he was just kind of Diego, very known to just bite down on his mm-hmm. mouthpiece and just go all come out. forward. Yeah, um, and you have no no choice but to go with it. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, I was expecting. I did see a tiny glimpse of that that, that you were mentioning. I thought they were going to go balls to the wall, but. Um, yeah, and then you get Pettis, who kind of just unbelievable with his striking, just out of nowhere. I think, yeah, I think a guy like Gilbert Melendez and it kinda like, rocks Melendez a few times, you know, just kind of right. gets him oh, out yeah. of his own. Yeah, he's like, okay, I like this, I'm feeling it, we're brawling, it's good, and then you get like one of those up kicks from mm-hmm. Anthony Pettis or one of those, you know, fancy head kicks, and you're like, okay, I'll, I'll go back to my wrestling. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's it's hard to stand with a guy like Anthony yeah. Pettis, I would imagine, but um, it's interesting. We've seen this time and time again: a high class world wrestler. Versus, you know, a high-class striker. Mm-hmm. And you see how... I mean, it's the beginning of mixed martial arts. What art is better than the other? But I really saw how Anthony Pettis didn't let the grinding and the wrestling stop him, which it does to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, either it takes away their cardio so their stand-up's not as effective or, you know, not as voluminous. But it didn't. I mean, Pettis still maintained the playing board even with his back on the cage. He turned yeah. it around and he used his stand-up. Stuck with his game plan. Mm-hmm. Didn't get flustered or anything, and when he saw the opening, he grant he ran. He definitely it. grabbed ran it. Ran to it. Grabbed I'm it. not Whatever. gonna. I'm not gonna automatically <laughs> start comparing Pettis to Anderson Silva, but, but, <laughs> but you are. No, no, no. But I'm saying because the thing about Anderson Silva was the thing that made him so great was he made the impossible possible. Like you would watch him fight, you'd be like, I didn't. I cannot believe there is anybody that can yeah. do this. Right. I'm trying to look that way at Pettis. True. Like the way he just kind of comes out with the kicks or, or the the Showtime kick or finishes making, Benson making out of the blue submit that you you didn't think were submittable right so that's kind of like I know it's still a little early but if this is the Pettis that he's only what yeah, twenty seven he's twenty seven he just turned twenty seven yeah, exactly. but, but all that being said I mean that's what I like about him being a champion everybody asks you know who do you want to win Gilbert or Anthony. I would have been happy either way. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Pettis as a champion because um, he's marketable. He's not flashy, but exciting, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But it's exciting to watch him fight. And like you said, he, he was kind of being pressured. Gilbert had a great game plan at the very beginning, and he adapted. And even, even yeah. though he was still trying to grind him out and wrestle, um, he never got flustered, stuck with it, and found ways to, to get those punches. I mean, he stuck with his game plan, and that's what a champion does. He finds ways in the cage to adapt, get the job done, and, you know, and he did. You know, if Gilbert would have won, I would have been happy, too. Mm-hmm. He's durable. He's a veteran. He des- Not to say deserves it, but, you know, he's worked hard. He deserves it just as much as anybody else, so it would have been yeah. good to see him win. I wouldn't have been disappointed, but mm-hmm. that's what I like about Anthony is he, he delivers, and he, he makes a great champion. Yeah, there, I agree with you 100%. There's there's some champions, or there has been in the past, where you're like, yeah, but if, if he went up against a guy like this, I don't know how he would do. Exactly. Anthony Pettis is not that guy. No. I personally have seen him tested. We've seen him tested in all waters and all walks of life. He's fought the best fighters in each uh, you know scenario, the best wrestler, the best striker, the guy that brawls, you know what I mean? And I, I've really seen him go toe-to-toe with all of those guys. And still hold his own and, he's, and be he's the champion. He's not afraid to go to go go there too because he's been calling out Jose Aldo for years. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wants yeah. that fight. He wants to fight. Oh, probably I would love anything. that fight. Um, although I don't, who would you put him up against now, Khabib? Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, probably really what makes the most like, sense. Melendez could put him on his back. Mm-hmm. Okay, even for the first round. And what's his name? Clay Guida had him on his back and won a decision. And I don't think, even though he faced a grinder right now mm-hmm. in, in Melendez, 
I don't think no one has a wrestling and the the grinding ability to like grind out a win as right. much as Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's funny because didn't I think Anthony Pettis tweeted or said already that he'll take Khabib now. Oh, Khabib well, so called, called him the, out at the post right. the post conference. Him out. Oh, did he? I yeah. missed yeah. it. It's happening. It's on. It's crazy. And then there was one. And there right? was one. I'm a little Robbie upset about this one. <laughs> not going to lie. Round six through ten. Listen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're going to be talking about okay, this so for a minute. Yeah. Johnny Big Rick Hendricks <laughs> versus Ruthless Robbie Lawler. Um, Robbie won via split decision. Mm-hmm. I scored every round after already knowing the results. So I, I was unbiased. I was like, I'm going to well, score each round specifically. Let's make sure. that So the judges' scorecards were 48, 47, 47, 48, and forty nine, forty six for Lawler. Yeah, again, two uh, for for the casual fans out there. Two judges scored it for Lawler. One scored it for uh, Johnny Hendricks, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much uh, quite close down the middle. About you know three three rounds to two uh, in each direction, and then uh, somebody scored it forty nine, forty six. So that's four rounds to one for Lawler. And they specifically scored round two for Lawler. That specific judge scored yeah. round one, round two, round four, and round five for Lawler. I didn't see that match. <laughs> you have to wonder sometimes what fight these judges are watching. Yeah, and, and this is one that is going to be... This is a great case study for anybody uh, that... And in fact, I think this the, the duo, the, these two matches maybe, uh, and, and surely there's going to be a third one now, a rubber match, um, are a great case studies for how to score you know, in judging criteria and what we need to change what what people are thinking in general because there are so many different ways that you could interpret this specific match. Me and you oh, had yeah. an argument when mm-hmm. we were watching it about the different ways to score it. You were saying, oh, but, but he's controlling him, he's controlling him. And I was saying, well, yeah. but Robbie Lawler's doing more damage with the knees against the cage, you know, just that first yeah, round. Yeah, that first round. But there, there's so many ways to look at it. There's so many aspects of scoring and there's so many gray areas, as yeah. we know, still so, the scoring system. So let's break down one by one yeah, real quickly. How do we think that... Or, or, or how we, we scored it, maybe, and then we can reflect to uh, to the judges. I gave it, first viewing, I came up with, uh, I gave it to Hendricks uh, five rounds to none. I would have given him 50 really? 45, and I could defend that. The reason being that each round, I gave Johnny each round, obviously. You have to score each round separately. You can't let whatever happened in the previous rounds affect. The, uh, the the round that you're scoring, you know, that one needs to be done separately. Um, Johnny, the first round was really close. I gave it to Johnny 10-9 for him uh, controlling for the most part. Robbie had a fantastic flurry in that first minute, and you know that that could have uh, could have been the match practically. And I um, disagreed, and I scored it 10-9 for Robbie because right. although Robbie was against the cage for some of the some of the round by the Johnny, round. Yeah. he was. Johnny wasn't doing anything effective, and Robbie was kneeing him time after time again. He was the aggressor, even if he's from his back. I mean, mixed martial arts is really adapting into a very sophisticated world, Mm -hmm. um, and we really have to adapt with it. And uh, giving that point, I say that Robbie was the guy that was in control. I agree. That's a good point. I pointed, pointed, (laughs) or I gave Lawler the round because of that early flurry. Mm -hmm. So I think the rest of the round was more... Hendricks just trying to catch up. Exactly. But I don't think he caught up enough to get the round. So right. Yeah, was, that's why I gave. He Lawler was on the, the comeback. The rest of the round, yeah. like, oh, I got to get back up. But it so that's why happened. I gave Lawler round one. I disagree with that criteria, but I would agree on second viewing of Lawler. He was busier off the cage. Hendricks was not for most of that round. But when you're talking right. about one minute of a guy dominating.
rating versus four minutes of a guy controlling the match. That's where you talk about quantity of the damage versus quality. Then you, but, then you have to have damage into play. True, but, yeah. but, but controlling and doing nothing with it. Yeah, that's the sad part about well, it. Well, obviously he was working for. It's not but like what he was, was he working for. Because I, mean, I agree. Because huh? I mean, what was he working like, for? He was, was he for the double? Was he, he, was he working it. for a finish? Because no. I think he and I, I think I think I know where you're coming from. Where he was, he grabbed them, and it was almost as if he was just trying to prevent strikes. Mm-hmm. As opposed to right. trying to actually be mm-hmm. on the yeah. offense. When you're working for a takedown, you're you're trying to get the ankle pick. You're grabbing the other ankle. You're going for the other leg. You're driving your hip, yeah. your hips in more, and your shoulder in more, and you're looking for the head pressure. There was none of that. Yeah. It was just sitting there. Yeah, he was grabbing them, and I, he wasn't able to strike. Or uh, Lawler was, but. Hendricks was in Agreeing with either. that, though, Robbie wasn't necessarily working for a finish either. He wasn't trying to get out of there. He was throwing knees, and those could yeah. have finished. But it's not like he was actively trying to escape or uh, or really go for that knockout shot. Go ahead, John. But, but if he wanted damage. to, yeah, if he wanted to stay in that position, you kind of have to address establishing yourself before you mm-hmm. can really open up to finish. Because if okay. you don't, when you go to open up, boom, you're on your butt. Exactly what whereas, I said. Where, whereas, uh, you know, Hendricks, he, like you said, was kind of just avoiding shots. Not mm-hmm. really, if he was working for the takedown, but if he was really working for the takedown, he would have been switching single, double. Okay. Exactly. Clinch. You know, he would have been working. Yeah. On, on second viewing, I can see it going to, to Robbie as well. Like I Rob, said, it was close. Robbie was in a position where, like Johnny said, there was more at stake for Robbie. For, mm-hmm. for Robbie to just pull out and do something, you know, ridiculous, he would have gotten his back taken, he would have gotten his ass swept out, and he would have been on the floor. And there was too much at stake. Robbie was looking for the right moment to come out at the right time. He was doing what, you okay, know, I think a coach would be coaching for him to do. he's looking for a shot, just like, he's, he's waiting and looking for a shot, just like, uh, like Johnny was I disagree. looking for it. Yeah, and, and, that's, and, that's, and that's where the gray area yeah. lies. Exactly. It's a yeah. matter of opinion. Totally exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, no. still, it's still a round, judging sport. Yeah, round two I also thought was, was really close. What did you guys think in general? I thought that was all Hendricks. Yeah, I yeah, agree. 100% I guess, I Hendricks. Gave it to Hendricks. That's mm-hmm. why I'm uh, very baffled on how the judge saw they given it to Lawler round two. <laughs> Blows my mind. Blows yeah. my mind. Uh, Lawler had a head kick early in round two. And that's what it was. A couple fancy kicks here and there, and they were yeah. they were beautiful. And they, like I said, they were fancy. They might have been uh, more showy than when Hem- than what Hendricks was doing. Mm-hmm. Hendricks did more damage. Hendricks landed more effective strikes, not just patty cake strikes. More effective strikes. Yeah. Um, after again, this was another one where Hendricks had Lawler against the cage, and they were working for that position. That was so prevalent throughout the whole th- right. the whole match. Um, I have here that uh, Johnny and, and Robbie both were were throwing a slugfest after Robbie escaped. Uh, but the, the difference was clinch. is that I don't know if it was because Robbie got tired or if Robbie mm-hmm. took a different mentality with it. But this time against the cage, he wasn't so active, and mm-hmm. that's where yeah. I see it as okay. It's a fifty-fifty position, right. but you give it to Hendricks because it is a dominant position. Right, right. Because Robbie's not doing anything. Right. What do you guys think? I, I feel the same way. I mean, it, it's hard. The, the whole judging by round by round. Yeah. For me, it's like I kind of like not to go back to pride, but just judging the fight. Look at the fight, yeah. Look at the fight. No when you break it down too. round by round, it, it does yeah. it does get a little confusing, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it breaks it up a little too much, where it's like, who won the fight? That's what we really want to know. Right, mm-hmm. but sometimes with that mentality, the judges say, oh my God, Robbie Lawler almost finished him in the last 10 seconds. He won the fight. That's it. Robbie's the winner. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to see, but that's, that's why... That's what happened in round five, in, is right. my opinion. But my that's guess. why boxing uh, is sometimes more accurate because there's so many rounds mm-hmm. so the guy with the majority rounds winning wins the fight and it's yeah. usually pretty accurate 
Yeah. Uh, I always equate it to like a caterpillar or <laughs> a centipede versus a millipede. Here's what it is. Because you have more legs on right. that animal, there's more support. If you take one out, one or two, that thing can still keep walking. Yeah. But if it's a spider or a bear or something with only two, you take out two legs, that thing is flopping. You know? But so I like the that, more Jack. rounds you have, the better. Yeah, the better control you'll have in judging the whole match. I agree. Right. We we could go off on uh, on how the the judging should be cha- judging and scoring should be changed. Round three, however, sticking with the match, we all agree that was Hendricks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But thankfully, the du- the judges agreed too. <laughs> yes. Thank God. Because like the judges, the judges all all score Lawler for round one. Okay. Cool. Cool. Round two again controversial. That's what I don't see, but everybody gave Hendricks round three. Thank you for being at least somewhat consistent. <laughs> there is hope for world peace. And then round four. <laughs> being consistently bad no. is consistent. <laughs> now, before the show, I was talking. You heard me say I gave Lawler round four. Then I hear a voice. How did you give Lawler round four? <laughs> Whose voice was that? That was a southern accent. That wasn't my Jersey accent. I hope you're not saying that. No, that was no. my mother. Yeah. Why my mother? What are you saying? Whoa. Underlying issues here. Jesus. I, I, I have a little insecurity when it comes to George. In what way? You you attacking me and mimicking my Jersey accent. That I was do, what I thought I it was. That was I even do it. close. Yeah, I do it out of love. Does your, wait, yeah. <laughs> does your mom have a Southern accent? Or? How did your mom score for round four? That's what I want to know. <laughs> my mother actually scored it to, to Lawler. She gave it to Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did she give it to Lawler? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, she gave it to Lawler. <laughs> I don't know. She's in Peru right now. Um, so, yeah, that's how loud she is. But, yeah, I give it to Lawler. But I know you gave Hendricks round four. Funny. Yeah, back to bacon, as Jay would say. <laughs> yeah, I gave Johnny round four. Why? Because he won it. Because? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, same thing, cage dominance, more effective striking, overall so, but, control. But, but I think that's when we really started to see the head between the legs... And, of course, after the yeah. post-fight, everybody's saying, uh, Dana White, Bisming, everybody, you can't win a fight when your head is between the guy's legs. Yeah. No. By just controlling him, clinch against the yeah, cage. Yeah, and again, again and like I said earlier, it's just pretty yeah. much him not uh, preventing Lawler from kicking. Yeah. And, of course, what are you going to do? Lawler, I just feel like if I was Lawler's coach in that position, uh, like when the ref's saying work, boys, that was seriously a situation where it was like, come, this is a title fight. Yeah, someone, someone's got to get a little uh, crafty and do something, but at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of a, a lot, lot of line. line there. Yeah. And, yeah, but Hendricks literally was not moving. Like he literally wasn't moving. Yeah, you're right. So I, I don't see. I, I, I don't I remember round disagree. four as, it, as much as I remember that. It was round. more of the same. Yeah, it got a little sh- lost in the shuffle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there was no advancement. Uh, Johnny would get that that cage clinch again. Robbie would get up. Uh, Robbie pressured him and, and threw some flurries. Right. Uh, and I believe landed uh, landed a few. Or no, uh, Robbie punches on top at the end. Yeah, he spent um, the whole time looking for his contact. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. Uh, I think some people did give it to Robbie. Obviously, the judges uh, judges did. Um, to me, that was Hendricks. Still, one, yeah. one of the judges actually gave Hendricks round four. Is that one so? Of yeah. One of them. The All first right. one. The one that scored uh, Hendricks, 48-47, yeah. gave Hendricks round two, three, and four. I think rounds one and five are probably going to prove to be the most controversial of the whole match. And five definitely was uh, Johnny working for takedowns again. Herb seemed to, referee Herb Dean seemed to break them up a lot more towards the, the latter half of the match, knowing that it wasn't going to go anywhere. Um you know, and it was rinse, wash, repeat. Uh, they were on the ground in the latter, I mean, think minute and a half of the match. Lawler was throwing uh, throwing shots uh, from on top. 
Um, it didn't. It, they looked hard, but you couldn't really tell that they were doing much to to Johnny because you couldn't the, see his right. face. Yeah, no, they did sound hard too. They yeah, they, they sounded yeah. pretty hard. My thing with round five is that the first four minutes of round five, mm-hmm. I would have scored like a ten and a nine point seven five. For Hendricks, okay. he was winning it by Super by close. a little hair. Yeah, which if it would have continued that way, I would have given him the whole round because mm-hmm. he won it by a hair. Mm-hmm. And then that last minute took this. Yep. to this, and, and that's what you needed in in those last couple minutes. And Lawler did it. That's a fair. This one especially is a fair analysis, I think, of that whole quantity versus quality thing. Johnny is controlling it for most of the round, but that last minute and a half, which is a minority of the full length of the of the round, right? Robbie put it on him, put it on him hard. Oh yeah, I would have been more convinced yeah. if we'd seen Johnny drop on one of those, but we didn't. You know, so it's kind of hard to tell in the heat of the moment. You know, he's wobbly. Is he on spaghetti legs or or not? But. You know, apparently he uh, was under fire, but he was never yeah. in danger. That's what I'm saying. And if I, he's not that much in danger, right. Those four minutes should count for something, which is why I could argue giving him. But at that the fifth. same time, a guy can win the round by finishing a takedown at the end of the round because that's the last thing the judges sure. remember. Yeah. Right. But does nothing with it. Steal the takedown. Doesn't. That's doesn't. Not fair. Gets a takedown. Hold him down. Wait for the round to end. Yeah. Was he in any danger? No. He ended right. on his butt. We're fighting as part of the game. Yeah. But you can win the round with it. Altair, did you think he was rocked there at the end of the fifth? What did you think? I think he was gassed out, too. So yeah. He it looked like then. it was wobbly because of the punches, but I don't think he was going, like, getting knocked out or no. anything. No. You yes. don't think if there was 20 more seconds, Lawler could have pulled off the... the no, he wouldn't have done no. it for no. 20 more seconds. <laughs> right, that's true. That's true. That's he, funny cause he heard ten seconds left, and he's yeah. like, ah. I know, usually when Dude, that you happens. you should have fought the whole fight like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was saying the same thing. Thank I, you. But usually when that happens, I'm thinking Lawler probably thought he was losing. Or else he probably would have probably coasted a little bit. Well, you bit. heard his corner yeah. in round four. They, you know, I don't, they, it could have been a ploy to keep his head in the game. It could have yeah. been whatever you want to say. But they said, as far as I see, yeah. you're losing right now. Yeah, go win. win. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's what you should say to your fighter before you go out to a round like mm-hmm. that. Because yeah. without that mentality, if he could have thought he would have just coasted through that round and maybe won still, mm-hmm. that would have been the wrong mindset. So I'm glad he went out there and proved the, the fifth round at least. Yeah. Yeah. He still, you can tell he still wanted to fight after that bell rang. Yeah. Seemed kind of yeah. Just kind now of, the fire was under his yeah, ass. Right. Yeah, where, was, where was Lawler? Round a second too late. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him do that in a couple more of the rounds. Maybe mm-hmm. he didn't mm-hmm. think. I think it's mental. I think he maybe thought, Oh my gas tank can't handle that in round three, but in round five with ten seconds left, I can do it. Yeah. You know, it's mind over matter, and he saved it for the end. Which is why it's tough for me to, in some ways, it's tough for me to want to see a third match. A trilogy, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like the first match we saw, Hendricks won it, and I think very few people debated that one. This one. Here's the thing that frustrates me with Robbie. And if you're watching Robbie, um, I, I really am thrilled for, for his win. For a long career that he's had, yeah. it's nice to see I, him I'm, I'm glad it was wrapped around his waist. Exactly, but yeah. I kind of wanted him to take it, not, yeah. not, not have it given to and him. And Robbie right. Lawler, just... This Robbie Lawler, you know, I, I'm sorry really for good, the people Jay. listening uh, on on iTunes, which <laughs> apparently is is most of them. You know, you couldn't visualize that, but you know this that, and nonstop for 25 minutes. Yeah. How bad must it sound? Do you think on iTunes? Anyway, tell Hello. us on YouTube. Uh, leave comments or leave comments on on iTunes for that matter. But that Robbie Lawler, nonstop punches, swinging for the fences, and accuracy, yeah. landing it on a dude's dome, and then kicks galore, high kicks, leg kicks to chop this guy and hurt him. Some Tells Melvin Manhoff stuff, you know what I mean? It tells us that Robbie has ha- has it. Fight, he has that power. Robbie ability. lost to Melvin. That's why I mentioned oh, that. Yeah, because okay. <laughs> Melvin Manhoff lost his last fight. 
No, the, the Robbie and Melvin. That was a sweet, yeah. sweet one. Yeah. <laughs> is it really, That's a is great it, fight. <laughs> is it really America's top team's first title ever? Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hard to believe. Now, Tiago Alves Pitbull was close to it, and mm-hmm. then he had those injuries, and, and you know now he's making his way back. Hector Lombard is up there. <laughs> uh, I love him. Is he? <laughs> he is. Is he really up there? Mm-hmm. Yes. Come on, this ain't Bellator. <laughs> I don't go. Oh, hey, no disrespect. Count as- no disrespect. I yeah. love Hector. No, you could say. I would love to see him have the performances he had. I agree with that. Yeah, it'd be nice to see the Hector again, like like the Robbie that we saw in Strike Force right. and early UFC. And I'm maybe still a fan. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm still right. saying as well. Maybe I'm being unfair in in wanting this because as time goes on, it gets harder to step up to the plate like that. You don't have as much. Wind in your sprint, t- uh, gas in the tank. But yeah, if if we could see the Hector Lombard previously from a couple of years ago in the UFC, oh shucks, that guy just that has puts a whole other twist on middleweight. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or in this oh case, he's at one seventy. And you know, Tyrone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyrone Woodley as well. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. they're teammates that. Uh, Hector wanted to fight him, but Tyrone wouldn't. That, that mm-hmm. was uh, funny. I can see that. Happen. Hector seems like that guy. Oh, guy. yeah. Oh, he is. I, I trained with Hector for like a year, and he didn't speak much, but yeah. when he did, he spoke his mind. He's he spoke very, <laughs> very opinionated and yeah. very just, uh, he believes in what he believes, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And American Top, he's really a leader at American Top Team. Really? You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> the headquarters in Coconut Creek. He was the guy, He, you know, it was his gym and Tiago Alves' gym at the time when I was there because Tiago was, was really he on was, a, He had priority to, above everyone else, or was he more of a leader that actually... He was a leader. And, you know, he, he in the gym, he was a standout. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I remember I, I would go and watch the pros spar, and it was mm-hmm. really cool, and... And he was a standout. He was amazing. And mm-hmm. um, he was old, He was a work workhorse. He was always sure. in the gym. Yeah. So I think in that way he stood out. But he's just always been a great fighter and a tenacious fighter. Mm-hmm. Someone interesting to watch fight, of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But ATT's first ever champion, which is awesome. But uh, it's Possibly interesting. Possibly the first. From the UFC. Yeah. yeah. The Possibly UFC. the first uh, Filipino champion in the UFC as well, Oh, I that's believe. a good point. Robbie is part Filipino. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. With a country boy accent. <laughs> How do you see this going? Like, as Robbie now has a belt and is from ATT. Yeah. You have Hector. You have Tiago. You have. Yeah. Um, you oh, just yeah. had Tyron Woodley. Yeah. All from the same camp, same weight class. It's, um, it's going to be interesting, interesting. inspiring. I will. It will be interesting inspiring. I don't think Robbie doesn't. Robbie doesn't train in Coconut Creek. I don't think the main headquarters. I think he's spends more spends a lot of his time with Matt Hughes. Yeah, I think he's yeah. at the other camps more. But Hector and Tiago are definitely at the same camp all the time. And Tyron Woodley's not in. Florida ever, I don't think. He's mostly mm-hmm. in one of their Midwest locations. So the two that are closest is Tiago Alves and Hector. And I don't think they're going to fight anytime soon. But Hector would, I, Hector would take any fight. I don't think I he's saying no that. to anything anytime So much soon. for Iron Sharpens Iron then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Those sparring rounds. So would yeah. you do a trilogy? Or would you do I think you have to. Yeah, I think you have to. Not eventually. I'm talking about the next fight. A one-round trilogy? Do you give it to <laughs> <laughs> Sudden death. How about that? Just until one guy drops. First guy drops. Yeah. Well, then you'll get that Robbie... For Eight. four and a half, five minutes. You're, you're right. Maybe yeah. that's what we got to do. Then it's never going to happen. I mean, I'm in La La Land right yeah. now. But <laughs> I don't think you do it the next fight, though. So you give it to Rory. Give it to Rory McDonald. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robbie already beat Rory McDonald. I don't want to see that. Well, too bad. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. You know what? I'm. It's for what's hey, if he, if he earns it, though. Yeah. I mean, he. Yeah, he's just, come a long way. It's just then. weird because, like I said, just a year ago, Rory lost to Robbie Lawler. So I mean, it's. You know, yeah. What, um, 
pull up, pull up the rankings here. Where are we but yeah, talking but about? But at the end of the day, nothing else really makes sense. Nothing else does make sense. I do not want to see a trilogy right now. They've, it, the the one and two have already been back to back. They had no fights between the Tyrone two. Tyrone really is fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Mm-hmm. Condit, oh, hopefully, I'm excited com- for that. Condit fight. hopefully comes back soon, but I wouldn't give him a title shot immediately. No. Right. Um, who's next? This well, marketing around. wise, you never know. They might pull that guy out of NASCAR or something. <laughs> throw him in there. <laughs> And isn't that a segue? <laughs> isn't that a segue, Johnny Robles? A title fight for somebody that with no uh, no, no fighting skills, you're saying? And uh, coming I into think the he's UFC? referring to the new news about CM Punk yeah. taking on to the UFC. That was the other thing is this whole card, you know, we're chock full. This is chunky, as it I was. like to say, with also, news for us to talk about. It was all over social media. Yes. All like it. Literally, you say Kim Kardashian broke the yeah. internet. I think that CM Punk broke the internet because he's been in a lot of news. I mean, no, this is, he I know this a pipe is a, bomb with the I know this is a UFC yeah. show, but he's been in a lot of people's news because of the last week. It was like the first time he talked since he left the WWE, which mm-hmm. I'm sure was intentional. But it's funny because like now it's like oh. Hmm, let's see. Now he's becoming relevant again. Oh wow, he just signed for the UFC. That's why he started, yeah. you know, doing exactly. the podcast yeah. thing and everything. So, it all so CM Punk but guys him, yeah. signed mm-hmm. to the UFC. Joe Rogan announced it right after the first prelim of the night, I believe, or the first no, main the first card fight, yeah. uh, of the night. He announced that CM Punk was now going to fight in the UFC. CM Punk seemed super excited, super dedicated. He was like, "I don't, I don't care if I go in there and get my ass kicked, or if I kick ass, I want to go in there and get in a fight." Mm-hmm. So. Salesman. <laughs> well, but isn't that, the, isn't that the attitude that you should have going in of there? Just yeah. short of, I'm going to go in there and kick ass right. and not get my ass kicked. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, of course, social media blew up and the controversy is a pro wrestler from that F word. Fake sport. That's the F word. Coming fake. into the, coming into a cage combat. To, to compete in a shoot as opposed to a work. And does he deserve that shot in the UFC? Does he have the right to be in the UFC? Um, is he going to be any good or not? Etc. These are Listen, a lot of the questions that we're talking if about. If I was here. Dana White or Lorenzo or whoever, yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he deserves it all day. Because it's the most genius business decision in the world for them. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking somebody like these guys who are waiting for their shot in the mm-hmm. UFC. Don't, don't ask Ben Askren. Or Ben Askren. <laughs> oh my who, goodness! Someone public made the best t- comment the other day. Um, ben Askren is a is a really really high level wrestler who's mm-hmm. been waiting for a shot in the UFC. Undefeated. Undefeated, and has not gotten it. And much won a title everywhere he's been to. Wasn't signed because, or at least on the surface, you know, the point against him was that uh, at least I believe Dana and, and perhaps the matchmakers felt like his matches were were boring. But uh, I, I, known yeah, for you yeah. know lay and pray reputation, take guys down and pound on them. Mm-hmm. I think it's still pretty fun to watch Ben Askren. I like him as a I, character. I, I like Ben Askren. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think with especially with the UFC, they should be the place where all the best fighters in the world are. Yes, well, that's they what it are. Be. I mean, you, you know? take a look yeah. at these guys that come over and don't get the job done. Yeah, no. So I'm saying that's why I think somebody like Ben Askren at least at least deserves a shot. Right. At, at least. But the question is, though, uh, or, or the query rather, Ben Askren is Ben Askren. CM Punk <laughs> is a media name. That TMZ will cover in a heartbeat. Ben Askren, that's not the case. You it know? helps mainstream UFC and MMA. Just like that's the argument. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's mm-hmm. what the argument is. Just like the new uniform deal. If you guys haven't heard, UFC signed a uniform deal with Reebok. A big deal. It was the biggest. I think it was seven hundred million dollar deal or something no, no, like no, that. No, seventy. 
70, oh, 70, 70, I just added a zero. 70. Holy yeah. $70 million deal. It's the biggest deal the UFC has made that is not having to do with TV broadcast. TV broadcast. Yeah. Um, it now only allows fighters to wear Reebok during the matches. and As of July 2015. July 26, 2015. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, I, I still want to get back and, and address the, the CM Punk thing, because I think what's really interesting is the perspective of fighters coming up saying, this guy doesn't have any credentials. He's never fought amateur. He's never right. fought on a regional circuit. Right. He might be, at most, a blue belt on, in, in jiu-jitsu. He said he's been training jiu-jitsu for a very long time. That's with the very Gracie nice. Brothers. Yeah, right. off and on. And so have I. But you know, <laughs> my so white belt actual... isn't even the length of, of dental floss, okay? I don't qualify for a belt. It's still having that professional experience. And no, he, I get it. No, no, yeah. he can be trained. He's been training with jiu-jitsu for the longest. I mean, just because he's a wrestler doesn't mean he wasn't training and whatever, you know? Yeah. But it's having that professional experience coming up, I guess, you know, Fighting and bleeding and everything. I think it might be a record having your MMA debut in the UFC. And ever, even as a wrestler, what's his like credentials as a wrestler? I mean, he's, as, as a wrestler, to, like, he not was not real. Like Bro- no, as Brock Lesnar, he had a yeah. like, oh, a real yeah, 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 yeah. But what about CM Punk? I don't even know. He doesn't have any. Well, yeah, the cool didn't... thing about what you were saying, as far as does he deserve it, we'll find out. Because <laughs> there's no lying in the cage. The truth always True. comes yeah. out. I mean, yeah. I, I think from a sport aspect, it does set it back. But from the business aspect or entertainment, mm-hmm. it's like, well, how can you say no? I you agree know, it's completely. It's going to give you right. buy rates, ratings, whatever it is. Because you're UFC. Dana White and you said no to so many other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it has. I, I mean, he said he, no to Kurt Angle, come to think of it. He offered Angle, at least according to Dana, a spot I just on don't the get UFC, the move. An ultimate I mean, fighter. from a... Financial or a marketing, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. But that's it, though. But Do you guys feel? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean, give me a break. The WWE community is a large community. It's not even about oh, what, oh you got us. We're struggling, or 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 you know, working so hard to get there. It's not even about me. Mm-hmm. It's about the sport. It's about like wh- where are you really trying to go with it? The legitimacy of the sport. Yeah. Do you think that this one CM Punk match, or let's say two or three? Just the opportunity of him fighting. Do you think that that sets the sport back? Um, I don't. You know, I think it's going to take a, a, a devastating, way, way more a, a loss. Or I mean, mean, set it back? No, because you got people that want to see that. Right. You got people that are going to pay for it. It's, yeah. it's never going to really do bad. Uh, yeah. I don't think people are going to stop watching no. because of that one guy. I agree. You know? I, I yeah. What happens? It's a. It's. It might be a fad or it might not. Yeah, it'll fade away or or it'll stay. Yeah, like I said, it, it the yeah. truth will come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so either he's gonna he's gonna earn his spot or he's not, and he's gonna disappear it's, like a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's kind of like bad publicity. It's still publicity. Mm-hmm. I th- I think no matter what, as far as ratings and money go, it's gonna only do good. Is this yeah. the UFC's sex tape? <laughs> <laughs> It's like the UFC sex tape. Yeah. It's quite the scandal, and it's little, you know, they're showing their ass a little bit by doing it, but it's going to get them what they yeah. need. I mean, yeah. much, much like Chael Sonnen was, and of course, I'm not comparing the athletic credibility of Chael Sonnen and CM Punk. Yeah, right. You, you take that away, and they're practically the same. Because if there's one thing from CM Punk that that guy can talk. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. if they if they're looking for the that kind of character, then there you go. But I'm it sure just happens to be that they studied each other. In fact, yeah, when it comes much. to promos, maybe it'll light it, light a fire under the ass of you know some of the competitors in the UFC now. Like, yeah. hey, that WWE guy's coming in here and taking over because yeah. he can talk. Maybe I should learn how to talk. Pretty maybe much. I should be a conqueror. Or maybe I should that's just shut it. him but up. Who else has been or saying that for a long time, guys? But that's pretty much it. The three of us here. Chael Sonnen got the job done. He yeah. talked and he got the job done. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy came Conor off a McGregor loss too, all but two times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Chael yeah, came I off a loss. Connor. He came off a loss, and he still got a title shot on, on his next fight. Yeah. So in the end, we are entertainers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just with your fighting, but if you don't have a personality, no one wants to watch you. Yeah. And we and like you said, Conor yeah. McGregor. But, but be yourself and be. If that's what you're going to be, be it and be yourself and be true to it mm-hmm. because you are an entertainer. You do have to, you know, people are coming to watch you. They're getting away from whatever it is in their daily life to be entertained by you. Mm-hmm. I want to cut to, or, uh, you know, g- given limited time, you know, I, I want us, we should touch on the, the uniforms, but maybe even possibly a longer conversation next time. Let's talk about you guys Absolutely. as as guys that are coming up through a tried-and-true proven system here. Both of you guys fought on uh, Friday in Costa Mesa. Uh, it was RFA 21 was the event. Um, didn't quite go your ways, but both of you guys, I mean, really are, are earmarked, as, as some people have, uh, have talked about. It's, the voices, you know, voices in the garden, as it were, saying that I think I just coined a new phrase. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but there's uh, there, there's eyes on both of you guys, you know, as as being uh, potential uh, potential people to go through that system to the show. Talk about the experience and you know where you guys are, and especially coming off all these huge uh, huge headlines with the UFC. How does that affect you guys, or how do you think that it will affect you guys? It's Something to adjust to, obviously. Well, um, just talking about the fights on mm-hmm. uh, RFA 21, I feel like it was a great opportunity fighting on such a big show like that, but um, I don't think I lost my fight. Yeah, yeah. You It didn't go my way. It was very close. Yeah. But I had the judges, uh, I mean, the commentators had me winning on TV. Mm-hmm. I had people had me winning on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You were there. I had him winning. It was a majority, so, uh, majority win, which means one judge saw it as a draw. Two yes. guys voted for uh, your opponent, Sam Tumor. So I was—I already looked to fight over and over yeah. again. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what happened. And yeah. um, like Pat, Pat Militich said, I don't know what the judges are looking at. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure that out. To fill you guys in a little bit, his fight was a war. Uh, I had him winning every single round up mm-hmm. until the end. And at the end, his opponent, Sam Tumor, really could just kind of came out of nowhere. and Pulled a Robbie Lawler. <laughs> and it looked as if, I'm not saying this is true, it looked as if he almost was going to finish you. It, uh, your hands kind of dropped at the end, and it was very close, and then the bell rang. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, in my mind, I was like, oh, but, you know, don't worry, Altair still won it. You know, it was just one round that that guy had. And then all of a sudden, the judges scored a majority decision for mm-hmm. your opponent. So, needless to say, at that level, I think when you're there and you have a fight like that, I think the promoters and everybody watching sees a good fight. Very they don't see so. the win or the loss. Yeah. So. Yeah, he has. You definitely have a lot to be proud of, man. It was a very entertaining fight. It was. It was a pleasure to watch. You know. What is it? Let me ask you. So, fighting for the RFA was that your first time fighting for the RFA? No, the second. Second time. Yeah, the other one I, I tore my ligament. <laughs> oh, Not injury. Oh, was that your first one back since the injury? Yes. So, fighting for an organization that's publicly known to be a feeder system to the UFC. Do you feel like you're on a path where if you keep fighting for them and you keep 
proving yourself. You you could be soon in the UFC. What do you think that timeline is for you? Yes, I think I think so. And uh, I felt the same way when I was still fighting in Brazil because I was fighting for Jungle Fight, which is our biggest promotion mm-hmm. there. Right, absolutely. And from there, I came here. And I was really thinking that if I won this fight against a kid as tough as Sam Tumor is, and he, was, he is still undefeated, I really thought in my mind, well, maybe if I win, I, I beat this kid, I might get the title shot against uh, Justin Lawrence, and then from there... Maybe UFC. UFC was so in my future. mind, it was like a re- really near future. One more thing, and then we'll get to you, Johnny. Uh, how was it having people like Leota Machida, Kenny Johnson, and Pedro Munoz in your corner? It was amazing, but most people don't even know. <laughs> uh-huh. I trained with Leoto for years in Brazil, even before he came here. I came here wow. through him. That's why I trained Black House with him. Back right. in the mid-2000s? And, yes. Nice. And uh, I used to train with Pedro in uh, mid-2002. When okay. I when he came here, we used to train together before he got famous here, before he fought in RFA. Right. We were already friends. And same with Kenny. We were training every time I came here for the past, like, five years. And there was mm-hmm. a lovely lady in the crowd just there to see you. Miss Chris Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg. She is a women's MMA legend, I'm sure all of you know. Uh, she, quote-unquote, says she retired Gina Carano. So it was very <laughs> cool to talk to her and say, have her say, oh, I'm here to see Altair. Yeah, we've got that video coming up pretty soon. Uh, several in- one-on-one interviews that we caught, and we'll be uh, posting them on the YouTube channel before too long. Definitely. So you have a lot of support, obviously, in the SoCal area. Mr. Johnny Robles, you train at a gym with Pedro Munoz as well. He's at Systems Training Center. Uh, you train with coaches Ian Harris and Marcus Cowell is the owner of that gym as well. Um, what did you do to prepare for this fight? Did you do anything differently? Did you go on any trips anywhere? Um, you know, I was in Sacramento uh, training with a good friend, Uriah Faber, and uh, the whole stable of very hungry guys um, up there. And, you know, uh, I, I felt prepared for this fight. Right. Um, you know, there's no excuses for the way it turned out, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I always work hard, whether it be, you know, um, at home, whether it be in Albuquerque. But this time I decided to do something a little different. I was facing a wrestler. Um, I wanted to go up and surround myself with good wrestlers, and that's what I did. I was very prepared for this fight. It just, uh, you know, small little uh, adjustment I have to make in the gym. I, I'm, I'm addressing that with my staff and my teammates and myself as well because, you know, that's where it really starts. And you, moving forward. Okay. What was it like training up there, working with those guys? Amazing. Um, as far as... Uh, the training itself, you know, hard work and uh, positivity and just guys all around that, you know, have great wrestling, great striking, and mm-hmm. uh, they opened their arms to me. It was very, uh, you know, it was a very good feeling, and I appreciate everything I got up there. Uh, and then outside the gym, you know, it's just like, you know, the gym's here. you, you got a good group of friends, and, you know, you have fun, and, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I'm very Absolutely. Lucky. You took to social media shortly after your fight writing a very, in my opinion, mature at the moment message saying that you were keeping your positive hopes up, you were keeping your positive spirits, and that you were realizing how many great people you were surrounded by in this moment and what a great team you have and what great coaches you have. I think that speaks volume, especially uh, someone at your level. You know, you're on your rise, and, you know, you don't want to see anything as a pushback, and I don't think it was for you. I think, if anything, we were talking earlier, it's a learning experience. You want to come out with your game plan next time and implement your game plan. And I think um, your positivity speaks volumes. Thank you. Uh, you know, this this last year has been nothing but learning experiences. Right. For those that don't know, I'm, I'm coming off three losses in a row. But um, it's, you know, when it you say losses in a row, it's 
comes off kind of harsh and it seems worse than bad. it actually it is. It seems a lot worse than it is because for me, um, I really had to assess where I am with things over you know each uh, camp, each loss or each mm-hmm. lesson. Um, and for me, it's tough because I know I'm growing and getting better as a fighter. If mm-hmm. I was getting worse and losing to guys that I didn't deserve to lose to, uh, I'd really have some issues to, to deal with. But yeah. I'm getting better as a fighter. I'm growing. Um, and I, I only see going up as far as my potential and, and uh, my, my abilities and where I really want to go with this sport. Um, the, the losses, you know, I, I fought the first one. I fought a former teammate um, and friend. Mm-hmm. I had to adapt. I had to learn on the go with that one. Uh, the last fight, it was going according to plan. I had the guy almost done in under a minute, mm-hmm. and he was on his butt. That was a great I, fight. I, I mean, I dropped him. Yeah. Everything went to plan. And I made one simple mistake, and he was on autopilot and threw up an armbar, and, and he got it. I, mm-hmm. I, I made a simple mistake. This last fight, you know, um, I'm addressing it. I have to learn to trust my instincts. Uh, in that cage, just like how I lost my fight um, in, in a split second, I was winning it, mm-hmm. had it in the bag. You know, here, you can't – there's no room for error, and you can't be making judgments on the fly. You have to have um, a game plan, stick with it, and trust your instincts. And I learned that, you know, right away that uh, I got to trust my instincts when I'm in there because in the end, I'm, I have to live and die by my decisions. Yeah. So when I'm in there, I got to just go with it and do what I feel and address, you know, whatever the results are later. It's team preparation, but you're the one that's yeah. uh, you're the one that's in there doing that stuff in the cage yourself. Yeah, Definitely. You know, what impressed me is the night after or rather the, the morning afterwards, uh, we, we cover this event go home and you know you guys are, are at the after party or, or whatever I know I crash out to bed wake up the next morning my usual time the first thing I always do is go to the phone and scroll <laughs> through some social media Johnny is already out at like Runyon Canyon or something yeah. running, and taking Instagram I'm like yeah I'm not going to let this stop me you know I'm sitting here wiping the crust from my eyes going oh jeez man come on my life is bad enough looking at myself in the mirror but you just gotta rub it in so you beat me that's for I sure it is that. pretty insane <laughs> Yeah, both of you have such great mentalities going forward, and I think you both have that champion mentality, which is why you're fighting like organizations for RFA at this point. Thank you. And I, I think I, I have to, you know, I have to say thank you to the people around me. You know, uh, my coaches, my teammates, my family, my friends, my sponsors, people that support me, but especially the people that have brought me up. You know, mm-hmm. um, like guys like Uriah, guys like Clay Guida, mm-hmm. um, and the guys we have at the gym, Pedro, Christos Diagos. I mean, yep. we, we we feed and we feed off of them and inspire each other. Um, on a daily basis, Terry on where Dimitri Garasimov, we, you know, Dimitri said it last night, uh, you know, I'm coming off some losses, he's coming off a loss. Christos, you know, had a, a performance that didn't necessarily reflect how great mm-hmm. of a fighter he is. Um, and uh, apparently Christos said the other day, you know, we rise and fall together. Yeah. And that's that's what we're looking at for this next year. And um, like I said, I, I'm very blessed to do what I do. When you think about it, we're, we're doing something that a lot of people either wish they could do or they just watch and admire it. And right. I'm proud to be a part of that, you know, in a, in a healthy sense. Um, so I really you know, I have some things i got to work on, but we all do. Right. So I'm going to address those in the gym, and I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to get where I want to be. Any idea when you guys uh, would, would estimate to come back, getting back in the cage? I'm on a suspension because of my stitches, but mm-hmm. all i got to do is get them out and get cleared. Yeah. I mean, 
like you said, I, I was on the bike path yesterday enjoying the sun. I love being outdoors. Mm-hmm. So I was back on the bike path yesterday. I was at the gym this morning, and I'll be there in the morning tomorrow. Yeah. What about you, Altair? I got a 45-day suspension because of, of a hard fight. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm injury-free except for my shins. And um, I have to go back to Brazil. Fix my visa, mm. be right back, and as soon as they call me, I'll be ready. Big awesome. Nice. You, Mentally, both... I'm ready right now. <laughs> you can see this guy's knee Mind shaking. I know. Right. He's like, where's He's the fight? I want the next fight. <laughs> they, you guys both train with champions. I mean, I train with Johnny at Systems Training Center. We have one of the biggest and uh, fastest growing pro AMI teams in Southern California, I think, mm-hmm. training with a lot of guys. Um, Christos Yagos, as you mentioned, now in the UFC, Pedro Munoz, um, Dima, Terion, and then you train at Black House MMA with a lot of already champions, but still a big group over there in the SoCal. And at Systems, too. And at Systems, yeah. too. <laughs> That's how we met. Yeah, really? Coming yep. in Systems? Yeah, I've seen you in there a couple times, I think. Um, but SoCal is so competitive, especially with not you guys aren't little, but with your weight classes, one thirty five, one forty five. He's like, yeah, we're little guys. Don't call me fat. I can't say, it, but you can say. It. Um, it's so competitive down here. Yeah. Um, Uriah Fabier up in up in NorCal. Mm-hmm. So I think you guys are on your way. I think you guys are doing good. Appreciate it. Anything left, Jay? I think that's about it. It's uh, I'm seeing the sign. We should well, be we gotta, uh, wrapping it we're here. Getting but we do out. have a, a Fox show next week. We do. Yeah, Fox which 13. Means, which means it's oh, we can't do the predictions. Okay. No afterwards predictions. Oh. <laughs> Just cut those audio clips. Oh, and look at this. Oh, this is uh, guys. Go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube. We got the special effects here. That's Visual effects. That. That's always done that. Yeah, maybe in this studio. All right, not recently. Quick round. Alistair Overeem versus Stephen Struve. I'm talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> Alistair over and Stephen Struve. Uh, I hope they knock each other out at the same time. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Double knockout. My I'll kind tell of you. guy there. Double knockout. What about you? Uh, I got Alistair on this one. I really think so. Daria? Alistair. I'm going to go Struve. I'm going to go Struve as well. I just want to just go with the. Oh, actually, it's. Two, two, and then double knock. I just want something exciting. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I am. And a majority, go, actually, it's a split I'll, I'll draw. Go, I'll Hold go on. with the overream. Before we have to go. Okay, I'll go with the overream. Go. Did you say yours already? Oh, you said Struve. What? You said Struve? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the Ultimate Fighter finale. We're going to talk about Who do you think is going to be in it? Who do you think is going to be in it? We're not going to talk about it on Wednesday? Two we girls. We still have another We ultimate. are. We're not going to have them on Wednesday. Okay, well, two I think girls, it's sure. them, What two girls? Um, I say Carla and... Uh, Whoever Rose. else is left, Rose. Oh yeah. Do you know? Also you follow Jojo and uh, <laughs> just say Carla he and says Rose. Carla and Rose. Yeah, I say yeah. Carla and I'll, Rose too. Alteria uh, agrees. Um, next fight: Rafael dos Anjos versus Nate Diaz. Rafael. Rafael. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I Rafael. love myself some Diaz brothers. Right. <laughs> I guess I'll just go with Rafael. And the main event: Junior dos Santos versus Stephen Miocic. Miocic. JDS. Yeah, I think JDS. it's conventionally yeah, speaking same. JDS. They're not gonna go with Stephen Miocic. Too much of a too much I, of I a just want, Like I said, I just want somebody to be right. All right, we gotta get out of here, guys. Uh, now, shout yeah. out <laughs> sponsors, social media. Um, all my sponsors, my friends, family, teammates, uh, you guys, and uh, thank you to Ed Suarez and uh, the RFA staff. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, Sam. Thanks for the the guys at Black House, my teammates at Kings MMA Systems, my family who's back here. They <laughs> came from Brazil to support me. Nice. Oh, that's and so nice. You guys for their. Do you guys have a Twitter or Instagram? Yeah, where can we find yeah. you? Tw- uh, in- Instagram's John Robles. Usually the first one up there, uh, and it's, as far as Twitter, it's John Robles twenty three, and my Twitter at Altair Alan Carr A L T A I R, and Alan Carr self explanatory Alan Carr yeah <laughs> with a C with a C yeah. and same thing on Instagram. Awesome. What about you, Jay George? I go last. Was that your Instagram handle? Yep. Uh, my Instagram <laughs> handle is at G Hermosa. That's G H E R M O Z A G Hermosa. 
I may actually change my Instagram and Twitter handle to I go last. <laughs> but for now, it's still JTAN716. Mom, I don't care how much of a I- good idea it sounds like. Don't get that tattoo. We're going to continue talking about this, okay? I hate you. Uh, last. At Darry B28, you can also find me on my new Facebook page, Daria the Jersey Devil Baronado. Fight details coming soon. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Check this out. Buzz, Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.